Welcome to episode 104 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Today's conversation is around work-life balance as a digital marketer. Let me throw down some introductions. I have Nate Birch in the studio, SEO manager at MapR Technologies. That's me. Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. What's up, my man? And Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. How's it going, Jacob? And I myself, your host, am Jacob Perry. I'm a Digital Marketing Manager at Myriad Genetics. Brandon, take us away. So this topic was my initial idea, primarily because work-life balance has always been a topic that I have found intriguing. And I think as marketers, we really uh, experience that stretch. Uh, Nathan earlier... And one of our internal conversations shared a really good infographic talking. And I think there was something on uh, Adweek I've read that showed like 80 plus percent of, of digital. I don't know if it was digital specific, but marketers are under a lot of stress, obviously. And I think that's just because the web is becoming so competitive. And, and so it's very hard for us marketers, as much as we enjoy it, to balance out that uh, work life um, you know, stress and, and, and enjoyment. So I was curious just what works for you guys. We can kind of share our thoughts mm-hmm. um, just because I think everybody, I don't think there's a right and wrong to work-life balance. There's some people who work 11 hours a day and they have great work-life balance. There's some people who work four hours a day and feel that they have horrible work-life balance. And, and I can talk more about that specifically later in the show, but uh, is there anyone who wants to kind of start with, in fact, I'll just go ahead and pick on Paxton here since he's already nodding and looking at me been working for you for work yeah balance. i think the question itself is flawed i think the phrase work-life balance is a wrong way to think of it i think it's all your life your work your home it's all life so to separate and in your mind separate work from my life i think is the flaw i think the best way to manage it is I'm always working and I'm always living my life and I'm always with my family. Um, I mean, obviously it's not true, but I'm always conscious of all these different aspects of my life that make up my life and being able to put out fires and handle things when they need to be handled, I think is the best way to deal with it. So sometimes that means working 10 hours or 12 hours in a day. Sometimes it means working two hours in a day, spending the majority of my day with my family because they need my attention. I think that's the best way to handle these different uh, balances. If you relegate your work to a specific nine to five, what happens when your family needs your attention during that nine to five? Or what happens when your work doesn't need your attention during that nine to five? I think that's the best way to to handle the stress um, rather than forcing each of these elements into their own little containers. Well, that doesn't mean there's a difference between work and life. It just means that there's it ebbs and flows. No, to say that there's a balance between work and life means those are two different things. They are two different things. You're saying no, that they not. are the same. I say that work is part of your life. It's all just life. It is. But when talking about work-life balance, we're talking about the difference between spending time working and spending time with your family or doing okay, things then, other then, than work. Then that's fine. Then call it family life balance. Well, I'm not talking just family life. I'm talking about My, anything outside of Anything outside any, of marketing. Yeah, anything any, outside any, of your job. Out, like outside of your enjoyment. job description. Okay. Because your job specifically is you have list of responsibilities that by obligation you're getting paid to accomplish. And if you c- accomplish them, you're fulfilling your job. If you're not, 
then maybe the balance is a little off and you're spending a little too much time with your family. See, that's that's my problem, though, with it is the semantics of it. When you call it, this is my life, everything else, and this is my work. For me, the way I look at my job is it's not a job. It's not work. It's part of who I am, and it's what I love to do. And I love spending my time doing this work. I love to think about it. I love to be in the trenches. I love Sometimes I love to work 10-hour days. Um so for me to say this is life and this is work, I think is a wrong way to think of it. I, I get what you're saying and I get what people are trying to get to say when they say that. But I think using those words to describe what we're trying to achieve here makes your brain think of it in the wrong way. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder if Paxton was the best example for, for starting this conversation off with. Well, I agree. Yeah. I agree that your <laughs> your agree. work should be like if you don't thoroughly enjoy, like if you don't wake up every day loving what you do, yeah, you're you're in the wrong job. And no matter what you do, you're going to hate your life personally uh-huh. just because you're miserable. But when you do enjoy, it is part of your life. But I guess more specifically, to get into specifics, because I agree, where do you draw the line as far as working too much? Because I could work, I could work 24 hours a day, like. Okay. You know, minus sleep, but my wife obviously would not enjoy that. And despite me enjoying it, that still, I still think there's some damages that could be done by me constantly working and not making any time for, you know, personal life, taking a walk in the park, absolutely, uh, hang out with my wife. So, do you believe there is a line, or do you believe you work, work, work until you stop feeling like working, and then it's family, or do you say, I, I've been working ten hours, I could, I could go five hours more, but I need to draw a line. I, I think that's valid. One of the beauties and one of the Perils. Uh, perils, thank you, uh, of marketing is that it never ends. We, we're never at mission complete. I mean, we have goals that we can set and complete, but really we can always keep pushing to achieve greater results. So we have to decide when when's enough. Yeah. Nate, so tell us what you're I agree. I don't have the answer. Like. <laughs> so so that's, that's actually what I agree with very much because for, for me, I, I take a very different approach to stress. It sounds weird, but I don't believe in stress. I believe you can react. You, can, you choose to react to your environment. For example, a lot of marketers are stressed because they're, they're overworked or underpaid or, or go down a list of reasons that you can have to be stressed. Basically, it's, it gets down to either you've just got too much to do or you don't know how to do it. So the way, the way I kind of take marketing and, and family life, for example... I, I love reading about it. I mean, it's just, I love it. And so when I'm at home, I could be watching a movie. I could be reading something. I could be going, going to my, my parents have a farm, for example. I could go pick blackberries and enjoy some ice cream. But the fact is, I am doing everything that, that I want to do. And it just so happens that at this point in my career, I really want to do marketing, which can sound weird to some, but to... And then pointing back to that, that infographic from, from Workfront, it, it talks about marketers being overloaded and just overburdened and not knowing how to accomplish tasks. And it, it's interesting that, with, for example, in, in SEO, if you, if you stop for three months in your research, you're going to get run over. And some people might see that as a stressful job because if they don't read every day, if they don't try new things, if they're not actively participating in digital marketing, yeah, they're going to get run over and that could cause stress. Where I see it as the moment that I lose interest in keeping into the digital marketing trends is probably the moment that I should leave digital marketing. 
And so where you have the disconnect of, of, of want and ability and time balance, I, I just kind of see it as I, I really enjoy doing this. And so yeah, I understand you can worry about deadlines. You can worry about load. But it's, it's really you're choosing to, to react to that. It, it that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. As I'm listening, all I hear it is, I love this. This isn't work for me. I want to keep doing it. I could do it for hours and hours and hours. What about the normal people like me who sometimes get burnt out with work and want to stop, but I have things to do, and there's, uh, there's more of a need for, for that balance where I can distinguish between what is really important and needs to get done now or what needs to get pushed off a day or two days or a week so that I can have time to calm myself down, gather my thoughts. I mean, all I'm hearing, Paxton, work, life, they're the same. I love it so much. Nate, I, marketing, I love marketing. Marketing's the best. All I'm hearing is well, there's no have, balance. I just have, work, and that is no, my life. that's not what so I said at all. At that point, you can have burnout. It, it means... Well, that's what I want to hear. From one I want to hear about burnout. burnout? I want to ha- not necessarily burnout. prevent, but yeah, prevent. But if you're burnt out, what do you do? So, for example, for me, I, I also have a, a wood shop. I've been in a sh- wood shop since I was nine years old. I can go through my, go through entire work day, spending w- whatever it is, eight to ten hours, and I can literally go home from that job and immediately go into my workshop, and I can spend another four or six hours in there and. I don't ever feel overburdened by it. I enjoy it. And so I think it has to do with if, if, you're, in, if you're playing around with, with digital marketing and, and campaigns, you need to address the tasks that you have. And, yeah, you've got to prioritize them according to what needs to get done. Sometimes, sometimes you do have to address things that you don't necessarily want to do. You might not enjoy it. No one's going to enjoy 100% of their job. But if you enjoy the end results of it, that should then drive you into into pushing more. But you do have to balance. You have to do one task, and once you're not getting any progress on it, go to the next one. Shelf it, sleep on it, let your mind organize itself, and then come back to it the next day. So you can, you can juggle them that way. Go ahead. I have some specifics that I'd like to share uh, as far as like how I manage my time in regard to burnout um, and work-life balance. Um, <laughs> There's some hesitancy in using that word. Yeah. So I think that burnout mainly stems from feeling like you are inefficient and not doing a good job. That's what I think burnout really stems from to some degree or one or another. I think that's sort of really what it boils down to. So for me, every, every night before I go to bed, I plan out here is everything I'm going to do tomorrow. Here are all like I have my checklist uh, built up. I plan out every single item on my checklist. I schedule it out in my calendar. So I know everything I'm going to be doing the next day. Then I basically, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but I make a pact with myself that this is my day tomorrow. And if I do these things, then that is mission accomplished. And I had a good day. And it, it basically with each checkbox and to see that completed list, it's like a little hit of dopamine that makes me want it, it, it again the next day. And so that helps me prevent burnout. And then I'll, sometimes I'll have days where, hey, you know what? I just need to do these two things. And that's it. I don't fill my day up with unnecessary things. I just say, this is what I have to do today, just these two things. And then that's my mountain that I, that I climbed that day, right? And I agree with myself. If I do these two things, it was a good day. So I go to work, I do those two things, and I'm out. So I, I, I don't, I'm not, I wasn't, hopefully, I, I, I wasn't trying to convey that. If you just love it, then you can put your head down and work 80-hour weeks and just never get burnt out. 
I think that's not true at all. You need to recognize when you did your job and you're done. You need to be able to put a bow on that day and, and, and put it out of your mind. But I just think that the ability to be flexible with your time and, and, and your marketing and, and your family life and, and side projects you're working on, I think it all just needs to mix together for a, kind of a healthy balance. I think that's great. And anyone who has the personality for list making, I think that that is 100% what they should be doing. I myself make lists, probably not. I don't make packs with myself. But uh, if I were in a circumstance where that would work, I would love to do that. But in my own personal experience at my job, every single day I have at least a dozen people who are demanding different things from me. So if I were to make a list of things that I needed to get done, that list would get obliterated within two hours of starting work because of how many other people are coming to me with their needs and their requests. And a lot of times I'm the only person who can do it, and it's always Mm -hmm. an emergency. So I, I also disagree with the very first thing you said when you feel burnout, it's caused by inefficiency or feeling like you aren't accomplishing. Am I getting this even remotely Falling close? Short. Falling short of, mm-hmm. of, of objectives or goals that you have. Because I set, I set plenty of goals, but my goals are constantly changing throughout the day because of how many people are asking things. So of why me. do you feel burnt out? I never said I felt burnt out. I'm saying. Well, when you get burnt out, how do you feel it? I feel burnt wow. out because I have so many tasks being asked of me from different fronts. Sure. So, so many people are asking things of me, and it's always an emergency, and I'm always trying to get it done. And sometimes my own stuff doesn't get done, which may come back to your point of it comes back to not necessarily inefficiency because I can be extremely efficient in all the things people bring to me, but inefficiency in managing other people's tasks or expectations of, of my own time. Sure. And, and so I'd agree that I. I would argue that my point is still valid. The The difference is, is that people are coming and adding things to your list that you never agreed to basically the previous day, which is a necessity of your job. I'm in the position where I can make my list the previous day, and if other things come up, I can say, I'll deal with that tomorrow. Don't put this on my list today because I've already made my pact with myself that this is my list. Or I can add things on if I, if I want. But So what you're, saying, not, what you're saying is if someone else has something on their list that requires your help, they're going to be inefficient and not have great work-life balance because you're not fulfilling their... Well, what I'm saying is this. a lot of this stems from the philosophies of Nice and Floor and the row system. If someone's coming to you with an emergency, it's their fault. They didn't plan ahead. So they're the ones that will get burned if you're not available to do what they need you to do at the drop of a hat. How, how can that be the case in an agency where emergencies come up with clients all the time? They don't. They don't come up all the time. All the time is relative, but well, I'm saying they do come up. Yeah, they do come up, and sometimes it happens, but it's so rare that it's not even worth really considering, I'd well, say. let's move on then. Brandon, I want to come back to you and, and ask you, you're the one who started this conversation. You start with a question. Is that question being answered? Yeah, and, well, yeah, and I think it will continue to get more specific as we talk. I agree that time management – so this is actually a topic that we teach in Market Campus, which sounds weird because it's a marketing course, digital marketing course. Why are we talking about time management and work-life balance? The unique thing about our industry is it doesn't sleep. The internet is always going, like 24 hours a day, whereas medical industry, you get off work, like, I mean, I guess hospitals open. (laughs) (laughs) Emergency rooms, 5 o'clock, sorry. You have open bell to close. Yeah, sure, there's some studying stuff in between, but the internet is always going. It's always live, and so it's very easy, especially for those who love what they do, to just constantly be plugged in. They always have their phone in their hand. Uh, looking at things. that's and, and I believe that one of the big reasons we go home some days 
and we kind of feel like, oh man, I don't, I want to take a day off, or I don't want to go back in the office tomorrow. I think a lot of that is you don't feel good about what you did, and so time management to me is absolutely critical. I think a lot of the the loss of motivation that your your, your personal life, your family life is more stressful. It's because you. In the back of your mind, you know that you didn't accomplish. You didn't feel good about that day. You can't put your name on it right. and own it. And when you, when I have those days, there's days where I've worked eight hours. I go home frustrated, depressed, thinking, "Oh crap, man, we're going to go out of business next month. Like, how am I going to pay you know my bills?" And then there's other days where I work twelve hours and I go home and I'm energized. And because that six that that eight hours I worked, maybe I didn't work. Maybe I was giving eighty percent. And then there's those twelve hours where. I'm just going, I accomplish a lot, and I go home energized. I'm excited to get back in the office. My wife is happier because, really, if you bring that stress home, it's only going to just continue to grow because if you're stressed, your wife's stressed. If your wife is stressed, you're going to be stressed. And so, yeah, I think hustling a lot, like it sounds weird. You mean the way to really balance out your work life is to work harder? Yeah. I feel like I'm working too hard. Yes, it is. Like the, the majority of the reason that you are stressed is because you probably aren't hustling as hard as you should. You look at a guy like Gary Vaynerchuk, who his schedule is packed every 15 minutes from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., yet he has a great relationship with his wife because he's all in Monday through Friday, 7 through 11 p.m., and then the weekends he is all in on family. And so, and I was actually watching a video where he's talking about today, and he said that uh, having a, uh, what do you say? He said that we have to set strict boundaries, basically. Like you have to, there has to be a line that you draw out ahead of time, otherwise you're just going to keep going there. And I think, you know, in my case, startup founder, when I'm not working, I'm thinking, crap, someone's out there starting something, like, I'm going to lose my business, like, my paycheck's in a line every single month. If I'm not working, the business isn't growing, especially because we're I'm pretty much a one-man team and we have an intern and whatnot. But yeah, a lot of it, like when I stop working, the company stops working. And so there's a lot of pressures to keep working, keep working. But I've noticed that there's months where I, I completely put family on the back burner. I'm way more stressed. I don't accomplish as much in work. And then there's, there's, there's times where I, I'd be really good about, I'm going to get, when I set, like I'm going home at 7 p.m. today, no matter what. Now yeah. I know I've got to work my butt off to get all this stuff done. Because if I wait, yeah, time management, summarize, I could keep going on, but I think time management is huge. Time management combined with hustle yeah, yeah. is huge. I, and I think that's why it's, again, I'll go back to work-life balance, that phrase, because I think the secret to work-life balance is to be, like you said, all in when I'm working and all in when I'm not working, which basically means there's not a balance between the two. It means do both fully, right? I, I, I love to play mind games with myself. So that's, for me, that's why it's so important to make this list and make a pact with myself. But also... Sometimes people will hustle and work for eight hours and not feel like they did a lot. But if they were to keep a list of everything they did, they mm-hmm. could review that and be like, you know what? I feel like I didn't do a lot, but I look at this list and I, I did a lot. This was a, a successful day. Look at everything I accomplished. Then they get to sit back and be like, okay, I actually feel good about this day. That, that felt good. I'm ready to go back tomorrow and do it again. I, personally, that's, that's how I personally motivate myself. And to my response to Jacob, because Jacob did bring up a valid point, you're going to have times where, and, and maybe it's just your position, where you're going to get constantly bombarded with mm-hmm. requests. I would say majority of the time, they're not actually emergencies. They are something that you look at and say, does this need to get, am I the, per- the best person? If you are in that case, I think the best thing, because I was picturing myself like, man, if I went back into agency work, I know that in the afternoon, I'm going to get bombarded with my juniors, ask me questions and whatnot. So what I would do is I'm going to come in the office a little bit earlier 
and I'm going to say all the stuff that I need to get done today, to the, what I can go home and feel good about, I'm getting that done by lunchtime. So I'm going to work my butt off, of, even if i got to get in a couple hours earlier, and now I can spend the rest of my time responding to emergencies, which typically if you're in a more leadership position or a leadership role within your realm at the company, you're going to be getting bombarded with people asking questions and whatnot. And that way it doesn't necessarily matter if they're emergency. You got your day done even though you're not feeling like there's, there's more to do, but you got like, this is the stuff that had to get done today. Now I can spend more time responding to the little fires that pop up in the office. So I think that'll, uh, that'll help a lot. Yeah, and that's super true. Most of the things that are labeled as emergencies are not emergencies. They can wait until your next planning session where you will schedule them into your day. I, a lot of, again, a lot of what I'm saying is fueled by Niacent Floor's philosophy about how people should work. It, at Nicent Floor, you're not allowed. I mean, we're, we're not that strict about it, and it still happens all the time. But the overall culture is don't walk up to somebody and ask them a question because that's so disrespectful of their time. And saying you're basically saying stop everything you're doing, all those gears that are turning in your head, stop them all, so that you can focus on my problem, right? And I don't, you know, I I, I don't know how other companies work, and, and maybe that's a necessity. You know, and I'm willing to, to, to grant that. But I just think it's so disrespectful to stop someone from what they're doing and expect them to attend to your needs. I wish that were the culture. I'll have my headphones on. There, there was one time where I put up a sign, and it, it did work. I haven't done it since. I probably should. But I put up a sign kind of like, do not disturb, hmm. so I could get some stuff down. And ju- or, uh, it just got to the point where I was like, I, am, I, need, I need time. Because oftentimes, and it's not just me. It happens all the time, I'm sure. People interrupt. They, yeah. they, they literally think that what they're doing is more important than what you're working on at, at, at that exact moment, which coming back to work-life balance, there should be work-work balance. And so you do your work, I'll do my work. Right. And if you're diligent about planning your day, what they're doing when they come up to you and interrupt you is basically saying that time that you're planning on spending with your daughter, that's not important. Focus on what I need you to focus on. Because now you still have to do everything that you needed to do that day and you'd planned out your schedule, but now you have to take whatever you planned at the end and cut that off because you only have a certain amount of uh, time. I'm inspired. That's, I'm, no, I'm going to put that amazing. sign back up there. It's amazing because I remember being in the, the open office, office environment and you have background music that's playing. You have coworkers <laughs> that constantly interrupt you. Hated you hated the background music. Oh, I is absolutely it still there? despise it. It is, but... Uh, I hated it. I hated it to the nth degree. And it, it's true. When, what when he I'm, didn't say is that that's the main reason he left. <laughs> it was a big part, but no, not the main reason. So... But I completely recognize the fact that it, I have a task at hand, and I, and I think it's going to take an hour and a half, maybe two hours to accomplish. Every interruption is at least 45 minutes delay in that task. So if I have, a, if I have someone that interrupts me 10 minutes into, or a half hour into it, I've got 15 to 20 minutes ramped down to then help them, yeah. and then another 15 to 20 minutes back ramped up. And in all honesty, I could have lost the entire train of thought, the entire vein of creativity that I had with that task. And yeah. so I completely I completely agree with the idea that yes, you need to take into account again, this is the work work balance. You need to take into account your coworkers. That's trademark. Yeah. Another so. another point that I Brandon kinda kinda blew by it really quick. I want to reemphasize it. If you you have to have your family on board with whatever you're you're doing. Wherever you have successful people you will see a successful support behind them. And so what you, whatever you consider your work-life balance, your, whatever relationship you have at home has to agree with it. 
Well, exactly. yeah, coming back to the example Brandon used of Gary Vaynerchuk. Exactly. 7 to 11, Monday through Friday. Or something. There's no way my wife would allow that, right? Yes. But it sounds like his wife is on board, and if you give me the weekends, I don't care. So that is a huge point that I just wanted to bring back yep. up. Yeah, good point. You, you definitely, you cannot ignore that, or you will fail. So, so, Pax, coming back to what you said about the culture of 97th floor being you don't do that. Yeah. What's the solution if someone has something that's semi-pressing or whatever, yeah. and they need to speak with you? How do you how do you address that? Yeah, so wh- getting like nitty gritty into tactics, I guess if we could call them tactics. Uh, what I do is, first of all, I say to the person, they'll they'll say something. Usually, someone will come to my desk and say, "Hey, do you have a minute?" If I have a minute, then I'll like meet with them. If I don't, I'm like, "Sorry, I can't. I'm working on this other thing." So they can interrupt you right there. They've already interrupted me, so I've already lost yes. time. So it's so going to take me time to get so back into no what I was thinking. there's no set system that says don't interrupt me. But well, I'm not done yet. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> if I down, have Nate, a minute, if I have a minute, I'll meet with them. If I don't, I'll say, hey, I don't have time. Can you send me an email? And then when I get that email in my inbox, I install a program called Streak that delays the email. It'll resend it to me when I want to deal with it. So basically, they send me an email, and then I don't. It's not in my inbox anymore. It, I schedule it to arrive at eight a.m. the next morning and that's when I deal with their their issue um, if they have an issue that's so pressing that they need my attention right then um, they made a mistake um, that they should have done uh, something different right there should be nothing and and to everybody's credit nice and floor that never happens I never get something where they need me that very second because everybody plans accordingly and, and plans well to, so that we avoid those things yeah so you guys use like an intranet. I think you're still on Honey Slack. Yeah. Obviously, I think all the teams are using. Do you find that, that that has made team communication a lot easier in terms of getting interrupted? I could just go to Slack, Paxton, I have a problem, versus going up to your desk and saying, Paxton, I have a problem. Is, is that, does that work well in terms of integrating a, a platform like Slack on your team? Yeah, it does. Answer this question, and then we, uh, we're okay. out of time. It, uh, yeah, the platform helps. What I will say, though, uh, what helps more, the old employees – get it the new employees keep coming up to my desk until they start learning but the fact is sometimes their lead is not at their desk for a whole week because they're at home they work from home or they work uh, we had a designer who worked from india for a whole month the fact is if you rely your mental default is i'm just going to walk up to that person will answer my question and the person's not there enough your brain will learn okay now i do email so i mean email is sufficient we don't. I mean, we use these other platforms, but really for communication, I say email is sufficient and just not expecting to have every single answer answered right away. And then if there are those emergencies, we rely on text or, or phone call. I will say one last thing with this in that uh, if there are times during a day that are designated as collaborative where, where things like that may be allowed, I've, I've been in situations where it's it, it fuels creativity to be able to collaborate with certain people instead of having to come up with it yourself Absolutely. or even communicate through email. So there's, again, work-work balance, right? Schedule yeah. those times or set up a meeting so that you can do some brainstorming sessions or just create your own podcast. I actually like this transition from, or included work-work balance, not just work-life balance. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's all the time we have. We're going to move into our last segment of the show, which is last word. 60 seconds or less to share a last thought that you have on the topic. We'll start with myself. Work-life balance has always been something that I haven't really put a lot of thought into. I, I have a typical nine to five job. It's, 
it's very lenient in that I can come in when I need. I can I can leave if I've got something going on. But the, we have the typical work hours. But as soon as I am out of the office, I am shut down from work, at least from my full-time job. I do think a lot about the podcast and, and some other projects that I'm working on with Market Campus and such. But for the most part, I completely shut down and focus on, on family with the occasional you know, workload at, at nights or, or on the weekends. But to be honest, I think I'm the typical example. It sounds like everyone else here is, is atypical. Brandon, he's... He's the founder and CEO. He can do whatever he wants. He can come and go. Nathan, he's working from home now, and, and Paxton's on the row system, so he can come and go as he pleases, and there's no such thing as regular work hours. But uh, if there's one thing to take away, it's be as organized as you can so that you can you can feel fulfilled and, and get whatever work that needs to be done finished, and you can feel accomplished so that that burnout is, is prevented. All right, we'll go to Paxton. While I really don't want to emphasize if you get burnt out, that just means you don't love it enough. You just need to love it more because I don't think that's true, and I think that's bordering on psychotic. What I do firmly believe in are two things. One is there was a a, a TED Talk by Kelly McGonigal. She talked about stress, and she's a a psychologist that – I believe a psychologist, therapist, psychologist, yeah, health psychologist, and she – worked with her patients and tried to help them avoid stress because she communicated that stress can kill you, it can do all these bad things to you. I'll skip to the end. You can look up her TED Talk. But basically they found out that it's not stress that kills you. It's the belief that stress kills you, kills you, right? So if you believe that stress is killing you, it's it's doing harm to your body. But if you believe this stress is helping me achieve more, it's helping me get more involved in what's going on. This stress is pushing me, and it's healthy for me. Then it's proven that actually it is healthy for you, and it does good things for you. She goes through in ways that stress helps your your mind and your body, and, and I encourage you to look that up. Um, so first of all, I believe stress is a good thing, especially when viewed as a good thing. Second thing is life is so short. Uh, we're only here for a very short period of time, and we dedicate so much, uh, such a large portion of our lives to work just do what you love. If you if you find yourself not loving what you're doing, do something else. Even if it's like being a garbage man or something else or, or uh, working uh, at a cafeteria or something, just do what you love uh, because you only get one shot. So why not use it well? Thank you. Well said. Nate, tell us what you got. Sure. So I've worked in a couple of different working environments, worked, worked. But uh, I started out in an agency, a seventh floor, and then I went into an in-house position. I worked at Needle, and both of them had a, an open environment. And right now, I'm actually in, into a transition. I'll be I'll be working as a, as Mapar's SEO manager, and it's it honestly it's going to be different because this work environment is at home because it's a company based in San Jose, and I'll be working in my office at home from Utah. And so, I, honestly, I think I'm going to have to adopt Paxson's system. I'm going to have to start with a list, and from what I've been told, you. I have the first month, three months, to prove whether this is a good environment for me or not. And I've, I've done some, some work at home before, so I'm, I'm pretty confident that, that I'll really enjoy it again. But honestly, if I start to get overwhelmed by it, something will have to change. And as, as other people have said, 
stress can can very much influence how you react to things. Or rather, for me, I, I, I still believe that stress is completely based on how you react to a situation. So I have a different take on stress that most people won't agree with. But that's actually perfectly okay. Just make sure you have a sign set up outside your office door for your wife to stay out for oh, we, we working took, hours. We took the door off the office, so that's not a problem. <laughs> Thank you. Brandon, what do you got? Uh, so that bleeds perfectly into the first point I wanted to make was that, yeah, I think you, you do have to have a sep- you have to have a separation from work and home, but you're going to be in situations like Nathan yep. where you are working from home. Maybe you're a freelance marketer and you don't want to pay for an office space. There needs to be a separation. I, I've learned that especially with Market Campus because I would go home and I found myself I would just keep working even though I'm like, well, I'm home now. Now I can relax. I was just net and I had a monitor in my bedroom converted into an office, I guess you could say, nothing nothing fancy. But the fact that I had that monitor there, it made it that much easier. So it's like, I'm going to bring the monitor into the office. Yeah, I'll have a desk for emergencies, but I really want to make it, by the time I go home, I've got everything accomplished and I don't have to get back on a computer and work all night because it's very hard when you're when you have that opportunity to work from home. And you probably noticed that with Ro working at home, you have to do set very strict boundaries. Like this is where I'm working. So that's one thing. I do want to echo on Nathan again with the whole spouse on board. I think that's absolutely critical. If you love marketing, but your spouse hates that you love marketing, you're not going to be as effective if your wife is not on board. Obviously, I've experienced, I guess, the extreme end of that, of going to my wife saying, hey, you know that really good job I have with a steady paycheck? Yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore, and uh, we're going to take a gamble and see if we can start a business. Shockingly, she was on board, because, and I, I thought it would be a lot harder, but she has been, I mean, 90% of the success, I think, with Market Campus is attributed uh, to my wife just with the support and whatnot. She get, I mean, she, she's not a marketer. She doesn't understand it, but she listens to me vent and stuff like that. And when you have that support system at home, I always laugh at the single people that say, I don't have time to, you know, like you guys. And it's like, oh, man, if you only knew, like, how much more critical work life, because, like, apparently dating takes a lot of your time. It's like you don't even know until you're married. And especially, I don't have kids. I would imagine it's even worse when you have kids. And then my last thought, along with Jacob, I guess, I have all these thoughts I'm pulling together. You have to be, like, I'm in the position where I literally am my own boss. Paxson's working for a company that's row, where you basically treat yourself like your own boss. And I've learned that if you, if you don't act, a lot of people take be your own boss as you're free to do whatever you want. I've learned if you are not actually your own boss, you will have a boss very quick, nine to five if you don't learn to manage my... And then when I first started American Campus, man, I was way more lax than I was. Everything just kind of bled together. Oh, I have all day to work on this. And then at 10 o'clock at night, nothing has gotten done. I realized, like, oh, crap, I'm going to have a boss pretty quick if I keep this up. So there, you have to... A lot of self-discipline, I think, with marketing because it can easily bleed into your life and potentially have some negative effects. Awesome. This has been a really great conversation. Remember, we're found at belowthefold.io. You can find all resources, any mention of anything that has been on the show, whether it's a TED Talk or an infographic, we'll have links to everything on our blog. Again, that's belowthefold.io. 